Matthew and chapter 7. Well, there we go. Matthew and chapter 7, you're going to go towards the end, uh, towards the end, you're going to go down to verse 21. If you remember last Sunday, we covered the subject of false prophets, if you will, false prophets. Uh, They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening or robbing wolves. They just consume for themselves. In verse 21, we're going to begin reading. We kind of have to remember the context is kind of sort of the false prophets, but the language includes more than just false prophets. So he's kind of aiming it at false prophets, but he uses the first three words, not every one. So he's expanding it beyond just false prophets now. So we're going to get to verse 21, chapter 7 and verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name have done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the day. I would ask that you'd bless in this passage this morning that you would help us to see and hear. Lord, I pray and examine our own hearts and selves in this process. And Lord, now we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And thank you. You may be seated. In talking to a, a friend of mine uh, who oversees a, a large portion of the income and and effort of his company. Uh, We we talk commonly about different issues, and uh, one of the problems he faces deals with what we would call the problem of recognition, if you will. As a matter of fact, uh, if you go on the Internet and do a search, one of the things that it seems many employees look for is, how can I be recognized for my work? And it's, it's, there are literally, if some of you might be familiar with things like uh, the business social media network called LinkedIn, or uh, maybe some job sites, one of the popular ones being Indeed and things like that. They're very well-known, well-respected websites that are used for networking and con- contacting other people and making friends over a business uh, world. And one of the things that they co- commonly talk about is making sure that you are doing what's necessary to be recognized in your job by your leadership instead of being a wallflower. But the problem with that is that is a human condition, the need to be recognized. And one of the problems is, is if the need to be recognized for your work becomes more important than your work, the company suffers And while you may be good at getting recognition, if the company is suffering because of your work, you won't have a job for very long. Because the ultimate goal of any any employer would be 
the profit of the company. Well, why would I want to do that? Well, if the company doesn't profit, then they're going to lay off and your job's in danger. And if the company doesn't profit, they'll probably close, which means you'll lose a job. So it's amazing how often that there is a balance. I understand that there's a time to, to challenge and go ask for a raise and for some of those things because there's a back and forth between management trying to maintain their money and trying to... I understand that in the business world, but we have to understand that often when we look at things like this as Christians, that this has no, no place at all in the Christian world, especially in our service for Christ. Um, I, I just think about... Uh, I know we often connect uh, church to... Uh, church service to military work and uh, preachers sometimes often do that because God can pick us up and move us wherever he wants, whenever he wants. And he can do the same with you, by the way. And he better have the right to do that if you're a believer. God choose to move, pick you up and move you to another country. Well, why would God do that? I don't know. I'm not God. That's his business, not mine. Um, and I'm not about to judge it. But what happens is, if you think about the military, if, if a man in the military gets his eyes off of the purpose of his unit in the purpose of the larger, whether it be a, a brigade or a battalion and their ultimate goal, and he begins to seek his own effort and to accomplish his own goals, he is not going to be in his place very long. He is going to be sent to the back, he's going to be removed, or he's going to die. I mean, there's... The, the, the purpose of every individual unit in the military is set by the main general of that wing of the military. The main leader, they're the one that says, this is our objective. When a, man, when a, when a preacher preaches a message, this is one of the things that, that every preacher works very hard. And I'm telling you, this is one of the things that uh, I spend tons of work on in the week is making sure I'm not inserting my objectives into God's passages. Because God's passage is the general. It needs to tell me the objective. It needs to tell me the goal. It needs to tell me the, the thought pattern for, for what we need to hear. And it's amazing how much, you know, when you have a tool you like, how you, you tend to like think you can use it on everything. And, you know, you get some verse early in the week that the Lord just speaks to your heart with, maybe me personally, and then I begin to study, and I see that verse in all my study, and i got to be careful to separate. Well, that was for me. <laughs> and when I'm studying for you, I have to make sure what's this passage saying, not me trying to insert the latest thing I saw into it. Okay, The same thing works for a believer and for the world in general. It would be counterproductive. You can be, literally, your goals can be counterproductive to the goal of Christ Jesus in your life and in the world. And this passage, let me just follow me, this passage is describing that same problem. Often if we were to look at this passage, people that are thinking and, and rationally working through would say, now wait a sec, the people that he's letting into heaven are doing his will, and the people he's denying are also apparently, seemingly, Doing the work of God. How come some are let in and some aren't? I mean, think about it. He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, and the other says, hey, have we not done all this stuff? Okay. What's the difference? There's a big difference. A very big difference. 
So in our passage, there are two groups of people. Okay? There are two groups of people. One that he references just very quickly. There, as a matter of fact, he spent a lot of the passage. A lot of the, we're in the Sermon on the Mount still, remember that. So a lot of chapter 5 and chapter 6 was to the people that are doing his will. That's what, that's what it was to. That, so he's kind of already discovered or discussed a lot of those things. And so in the end of chapter, or verse 21 there, he says, He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So he is referencing a group of people who want to know what God's will is so they can do it. Okay? So that there's a one group of people who are seeking, if you can, let's put it this way, they want to know God. What does God want? Okay? So by here? The next group of people, which he describes very well, and who aren't going to go to heaven, are those who seek to be known of God. Well, God, didn't you see what I did? Do you see it? Look, I did this and I did this. Doesn't that count for something? You hear that? And he divides that from a group of people that are just there. They just want to know, what's God want? And this is a big difference in the group. The first group that we talked about, those who seek to know God, these are believers, right? Amen. These are believers. They seek to know God, His will, and then because they know His will, they'd like to go do it. There should have been an amen there from believers. Absolutely. Amen. Okay? They want to seek to know God, His will, and then they want to go do it. The word doeth in that passage literally is to work. That means to work. Okay? They're, they're, <laughs> I'm just... Verse, 20, verse 21, look at the end of it with me. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. The word doeth literally means, the definition is, to work. These are people, they want to know God's will, and they want to go work it. They want to work, they want to do work in God's will. Okay? Amen. So what, what does that mean? Well, serving God. Does that make sense? And serving God is, guess what? Work. Can't believe it. Titus chapter 2, verse 14. Who gave himself, Jesus, for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Ephesians 2.10, which you all know, and later we'll go and read that whole, that, a little bit more of that passage, not the whole passage, but Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So, don't get confused. The two are not the same. The, the two different people are not the same. This group they're not all there going, hey, God, look at me. What they're saying is, what is, it, what is it you want, God? Yes, sir. And I'll just tell you, there's no secret what God wants. Pretty clear. I, amen. If you're ever wondering what God's will is, and you're not sure for your general life, start with what you do know. And just start moving on what you do know. Uh, uh, Man alive, I think even in the world, I'm trying to remember what it was. 
I, I just read, I was just reading a highlight for, a, a, you know, because I'm considered a leader in the community, I get all sorts of invites to leadership conferences and all this stuff. And, and uh, one, of them, one of the things was uh, the general idea of finding out <clears throat> what, did you, what you're supposed to do and just keep doing it from a lost man. Was stop looking for extra fancy stuff, just do what you're supposed to do and do it again tomorrow. And do it again the next day. And do it again the next day. The just shall live by faith. Amen. Faith and faithfulness. Amen. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Yes, there's good works involved. There should be nothing surprising that a believer would sit at the feet of God and that in looking at, listening to his word and saying, you want what from me, Lord? Oof. That's a hard one. Yeah, that's why we call it living by faith. Okay, Lord. I can't do this. We're going to try it. Lord. We're going to learn more about that tonight. That's what Gideon did. God has room for people that have weak faith. Helps them grow. It's amazing. I don't want to get into tonight's message. But a believer is someone who doeth the will. He works the will of his Father which is in heaven. In other words, he looks to God. He knows God. I'm repeating myself, but I'm just make sure I want to make sure the hammer's all the way in. Or the nail's already in. The nail is hammered all the way in. Not the hammer all the way in. It would be a little bit too much. Anyways. So what's the second group? Believer. The first group is believers. The second group are, we could say false prophets, but let me say it this way. Let's just say false professors. False professors. And I don't mean professors by teachers, but someone who professes to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Okay? False professors. False believers, if you will. They, in this passage, in this passage, obviously, they seek to do their own work that they've chosen from their own will and then have God recognize their work. They want God to recognize them for it. Lord, Lord, have we not done? Listen, you hear that? Have we not done many wonderful works in thy name? Hey, look, look at my list of achievements, God. Shouldn't this count for something? Shouldn't I get some recognition? They will literally point to all that they have done in the name of God as a reason for God to balance out the scales for them. Now, here's one of the primary problems of that right off the bat. Um, How many of you all have a doctor? Like, go to the doctor, y'all? Okay. If you got your leg broke, you'd go to the ER? you're most likely going to be treated by a doctor who is not a believer. Is he doing a good work? Is he going to go to heaven? Did God give him the ability to do that work? Do you hear, do you hear that? Where does, where, do, where does every good thing in this world come from? So, if anything good came as a result of my life, how much do I have to claim on that good I want you to consider this, that God has used lost kings and empires and generals to do his work and his will. God can enable a lost man if he wants to. I'm not saying this is how this works. I'm just saying God, if he wants to, because he's God, can give a lost man power that seems to us miraculous. 
for the benefit of his work. Is that, does that mean that man gets to go to heaven? No, he has to go to heaven like everyone else. There's one way, one name. When you start counting on yourself and showing God your talent as some offset for entrance to heaven, we got a big problem. Because that talent wasn't even yours to begin with. It came from God himself. There's two massively, so we got two different groups of people here, but we also have two massively different goals. Again, I've kind of repeated this. I want to walk back over it. Believers, what they, what they seek to do, they just, what does God want? Well, that's legalism. No, not if they love God. Well, do you just do everything your wife wants? I do love her. Not everything, no. But if she likes, you know, multicolored flowers, I'm going to go to the florist and look for multicolored flowers. Oh, you're being a legalist. What? Okay, whatever. Go on. She likes multicolored flowers. I'm going to get her multicolored flowers. She doesn't like dark chocolate. Well, I'm not going to get her dark chocolate. You're being a legalist. Oh, shut up. No, I'm going to get her dark chocolate because I like dark chocolate. Certainly she'll have to accept that because I like it and I spent my money on it. I drove all the way to Walgreens, I mean uh, Walmart, or to the store to get it for her. She should just blast it well like what I got her. Look, I got your chocolate. Isn't it good enough? Yeah, that's really going to help the love relationship. Going out on a date. Great. Did you take a shower? Why would I need to take a shower? I've been married for 30 years. Where are we going? McDonald's. That, do you hear what I'm saying? Believers love God. Why would they love God? Hello? <laughs> he showed me mercy and love and grace, none of which I deserve. And I know that I can't earn his love. <laughs> he gave that to me when I, I had nothing to give back to him to begin with. I just hope by faith that there's something in my rotten life that can be produced that he'll look at and say, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> just by faith. I search the word. And by faith, if I believe that's what God says, I'm going to do my best to do it, God. Well, that's not what that says. Oh, whatever. I, I, it's what I need to do. You, you do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. That's what God says. That's what I believe the Scripture says. This is the Word of God. I trust it. I believe it. I don't think there's an error in it. And if God has been able to keep it and give it to me like He wants it, and I'm going to trust it that this is God's Word, and God, if that's what you want, I'm no good at that, God. You're going to have to help me because I don't know if I can give you any honor out of this, God, but I, please, Father, would you, if you could use... <laughs> what do you think every preacher in the world, before he gets up in the pulpit, he feels like? He feels like about that big. I'm handling something that is supernatural, and I know the kind of person I've been this week. God, you're going to have to do something. If anything comes of this, it has to be God. Listen, 
They search the Bible because this is where they know from, this is where they hear and find out about God and what He wants and His goals. His goals, not my goals. And by faith, I try to align myself with His goals. That's what a believer does. A false professor has a totally different goal. What they want is to be able to do whatever they want in the way they see fit and then have God recognize their efforts in that regard. Often, that's not saying they don't know the Bible. They'll, they'll, they'll search the Bible out. Sometimes, I mean, no, the Bible's not an idiot. I mean, the, the devil's not an idiot when it comes to the Bible. He knows, he knows the Bible way better than we do. And often a false professor will search the Bible to prove their own will. I'm, I'm just telling you, if you, this is one of the common things that we even have to tell young preachers as they're studying the Bible. You can make the Bible say whatever you want it to say. The Bible has been used to support an awful lot of extremely horrible, horrifying wickedness in our history by people who weren't seeking to find out what God wanted, but were seeking to defend their own actions from the Bible. I'm just telling you, you can make the Bible say a lot of stuff that it ain't saying. False professors, they're going to use God's word, but they're going to use it to defend themselves, not to defend the work and goals of God. They'll defend their actions, and then what they do is they expect that not just one day in heaven, but even now that God will defend them also and approve of it, put his nice stamp of approval upon what they're doing. Let me just say, here's a couple of verses, or I think this is just one verse here. Oh, I do have a couple of verses here that kind of deal with this, the distinction between the two. How much more, Hebrews says, shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to purge your conscience from dead works to, guess what he says, serve the living God. Even the Bible says there's a difference. There is some works. Works, good things, but they're dead. The opposite end of that is not works. It's service to the living God. Now guess what? Which is work. Does everybody hear what I'm saying? But what's the purpose between the two? There is a dead works, then there's service to God. Ephesians 2, 9 and 10, which we quoted the first part of, or the last part of, and I'll go the whole thing again. Ephesians 2, 9 says, not of works, talking about my salvation, my justification, not of works, lest any man should boast. Get to heaven and say, yeah, well, I gave $4 million to the local children's home. I gave $10 million to missions. Wouldn't that be great to get in heaven and find out you're the last kid picked on the, on the dodgeball team again? Hello? No, that, that's, not, that's not how we get there. That's not how it's going to work out. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Not my workmanship. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. It, it's not about me trying to get God's attention by showing him how great I am. It's me getting on God's agenda and finding out what his goal and his purpose is and not trying to get recognition from God, but me trying to recognize God. I'm going to throw this in just real quick. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. Man, the Lord has just been running me over with this passage. And you guys, some of you know it, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
The word wait there is not... It's not this. The word wait there is... Okay, what, what do I know God wants? Okay, well, I'm going to do that until I have any further direction. Literally, go look up the word. The word wait means is an active waiting. It's an actively doing what I know I'm supposed to do right now and let God take care of whatever's going to happen tomorrow. Amen. I don't have any more strength. I'm dead. I am tired. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew the strength. I just don't know if I can do this anymore. What does God say? Keep doing what you know to do. <laughs> this is getting tiring, Lord. I don't know. If I, I don't have much left, God. Keep doing what you know to do. Actively waiting. That's where strength is renewed. And that's faith. And that's where you're beyond the point of you're all way past God. Can you recognize something that I'm doing? Now you're just like, it takes faith in God. It takes faith. Let me, ask, let me ask you some questions. Because believers, I want to, we're talking to both sides here. If you're a lost person thinking that somehow you're going to do enough works for when you get to heaven, God's just going to weigh the balances and it's all going to work out. That's what this passage is talking against. That's not how it's going to work. God's not going to get there and go, oh, you were a good worker. No, that's not how you get to heaven. But believer, let me, let me remind you that you still live in the flesh also and you are still susceptible to these very same inconsistencies. So let me ask you, believers and everyone in the room, who are you in this group? Who have you been? What have you been acting like in this group? What, what's your desire? Is your desire to be recognized for your work, recognized for your talent, recognized Recognized for your ability, what's your, what's your desire? Or do you just desire whatever God wants, that's what I'm going to do. It doesn't make any sense. It don't have to. Well, it's going to hurt. Probably will. This probably isn't the most profitable pathway for you. Might not be. Well, how come you aren't upset? It's not my goals. Not my plan. God's got it figured out. I'm trusting God. Do you do what you want and then hope God approves of it? Do you do what you want and then search the Bible to determine, find some verse to prove that you can do it? Do you search the Bible to defend what you're already doing? Do you listen to people that show you that the Bible can be used to defend your actions? That's a good one. Well, this guy says, well, that author says, well, this guy says, oh, that's great. What's God's purpose? Do do you open up your Bible? Just let me talk to Christians a little bit. You open up your Bible when you really need a word from God or you're in trouble. Or you suddenly get caught in a thing where you've got to defend your personal standards. 
Or do you read the Bible regularly watching for what God wants? What is God's will? What are the actions that God is describing that can change my heart and my mouth and my attitude today? To find out, because the Bible says, Hebrews 4.12 is pretty clear, that the Bible can even tell me where my own carnal flesh is fighting against the things I'm supposed to do. The Bible can kind of draw a line and say, yeah, that's a problem. So ignore that and obey this. It cracks me up how many, how many believers think that, oh yeah, I, I can sense the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. Could you literally define to me the difference between your emotions and the Holy Spirit? Could you write it down right now? How about we just trust His plan? It wasn't like He left us without the plan. How about we just trust the book? Obey the book. Why? We love God. We love God. I want to use this illustration for believers, okay? I want to use this illustration because I know this is often one of those things that we kind of come to an issue on. But R.A. Torrey, when he was going through Ireland, he came to Dublin while he was preaching, and he met a young man who was, uh, was having a conversation with, and this is how the conversation went. The young man was seeing a young lady. Now listen to me all the way through. Okay, listen to me all the way through. This young man was seeing a young lady, went to her house to visit her, calling on her. You get the picture. And uh, the girl's mother said, hey, let's, let's, let's play some cards. Well, this, this young fellow grew up in a family that just, you didn't play cards. And he, re, he refused, and he refused repeatedly, even with the mother and the, the, the young girl. Oh, come on, no big deal, play with us. And this, this was his words, and he was confused. This was his words. When asked, well, how come he just didn't play cards? He said, what if my mother should hear of it? It would break her heart. It wasn't the rightness or wrongness of playing cards that motivated his refusal to play. It was the effect that it would have on his mother. Well, you're suggesting we can break the Lord's heart or you know, somehow disappoint him. Um, you know, we can quibble about what the word disappoint means, but the Bible clearly says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And you know what the word grieve means? To make sorrowful. And you know, I love my mama, and I know I've broken her heart, but you know, how far more important is our relationship with the Holy Spirit and our tenderness to the Holy Spirit? And how much, listen, how much more sensitive is He? My mom, I swear, she had eyes in the back of her head. You guys, many of you know that thing. It's, I, but there were a lot of things. She couldn't actually see what was going on in my heart. Thank the Lord. God can. He knows what happens in our heart. He knows the words that we say and what we really meant. He sees every action, every secret action, every alone action. Thank the, thank, let, me, let me just say, thank the Lord that He's a God of mercy and grace, and that he has commended to us love that we did not deserve, that while yet sinners, 
He chose to love us. I thank the Lord for mercy and grace. But does that somehow give us an open door to just wantonly ignore his will and wishes and claim liberty that I just can do whatever I want and not even consider about whether the heart of God... Oh, and by the way, let me just add to that. God's one that teaches us, 1 Corinthians 10, which we preach through, also the heart of our brother might be affected by that. Ephesians chapter 4.30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed. A believer can make God very sorrowful because of his actions. And there are many people in the world that claim to be believers. Trying to show God, well, look how great I am. I, how, if, you're, if you're a person who's familiar with giving the gospel, this is exactly what you're going to hear over and over and over and over. You're going to stand there and say, so why are you going to go to heaven? Well, are you going to go to heaven? Well, I hope so. From every religion, I hope so. Well, and what would you be putting that hope on? If, if God was to hypothetically meet you at, his, at the door and say, why should I let you in? What would you answer? And there's things like this. Well, I kind of hope that he'd see all the good stuff I've done. You hear some version of that over and over and over again. And he's going to have mercy on the bad stuff I've done. You see what that? They're, they're going to heaven. They're, literally, the broad way, the majority of this world is, is hoping to get to heaven and face God and say, see what I've done? Did you hear that? Isn't this enough? And the Lord's going to say, I never knew you. I never knew you. There's another group going to get to heaven. And some people are going to look at them and say, how in the world did he, her, and not me? (laughs) Do you hear that? Why? Because when they get to heaven, they're not going to say, can't you see what I've done? They're going to say, I have no hope except for what Christ has done. No good thing. Believer, let me ask you some serious questions here. So you're, you're, the Lord touched your heart, message, whatever, maybe, you know, whatever it might be. And, and boy, you just went outside of yourself, whether it be generous in money or, or you just really did, maybe you uh, invested your whole life in a ministry of some sort, maybe a Sunday school teacher, maybe you sang, maybe who knows what. Or you just spent a lot of time and you worked really hard and you invested yourself and then you get, you get mad and shake your little fist at God because you don't feel like you're getting back in return what you thought you deserved. Do you hear, do you hear what you're saying? Do you hear? God, don't you see? I'm telling you, every believer knows exactly what I'm talking about. Can I, can I help you out, Believer? Go back and remind yourself again of the cross. Go back and remind yourself again of how much you really are 
worthy to God? How much you are worth it? Come on. No. There's nothing this person's ever done that's worth anything, even a glimpse from God. Thank God it was because of him that I have any grace at all, that I have any hope at all. It's because of him our family saw anything good in this world. Why would we not want to return some of that love as best we can? I think of Paul. They hated him. They beat him. They jailed him. Near as we can tell, for most of his life, he probably lived in poverty and pain, shipwreck. I mean, it wasn't just like, you know, bad stuff happened to him because he preached. Some stuff just happened bad because he was, had life. I mean, shipwrecks, that's not because he preached. That's just because a storm showed up. Why do you do this to me, God? You hear that? Those are the words of the flesh. Those are the words of a false professor. The words of a believer are, Love you, Lord. Brother Gary Ellison is a friend of mine. He's a pipe fitter, or was a pipe fitter. He retired, man, probably 30, 40 years ago now. Had a wonderful family, wonderful wife, both faithful members of the church. And his wife developed uh, Alzheimer's. He had to cover up every, every reflective surface in the house. Every, anything that reflected anything. Because his wife would see her reflection in a mirror, in a glass window pane, and would say, Who is that woman you've got in the house? Angry, spiteful. It wasn't her, but and I watched Gary Ellison keep her in his house and run out and get them Taco Bell at 80 years old because they love Taco Bell. And call her sweet names and absorb all that spite because he loved her. He chose to love her. I want you to think about what God puts up from us. Come on, believers. I want you to think about just you. What does God put up with from you? And His love never stops. Your hope of heaven will never be even slightly remotely shaken if you're a believer. What's wrong with just wanting to serve him? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with looking in the book? And instead of trying to dig in here so I can be writing an argument with a brother, 
Instead, I just find out, how can God be honored in this? How can I, how can I serve you, God? What is there in my life that would be worth anything? A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. Lord, you're going to have to help me with that one. Abide with me. That's what he says. I want you to go tell people what I did for them and what their eternal destination is. Lord, you know people don't like really hearing the whole sinner and hell thing. Yep, but you need to go tell them. I don't know if I can do that, God. You can do it. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. You know what a believer does? He lives by faith. Yes, Lord. You know I'm doing this just because you said to do it and you said this. Okay. I'm just trusting you, God. I'm not responsible for the results. What I'm responsible for is me. In the matter of recognition, how are you in God? Is it that you are there wanting to be recognized by God for all that you've done? If that's how you're hoping to get to heaven, let me tell you, you're not going to heaven. For by grace are you saved through faith. In other words, grace, getting something you don't deserve. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And if you're a believer, let me ask you a question. What's your, what's your life look like in comparison to this passage? Are you someone who keeps looking at God saying, how come you don't recognize me? Or are you by faith going back to the cross and remembering who it is he saved and what it is he saved and saying, God... I'm telling you, you will never be disappointed. No matter the outcome, no matter the product of of that life lived, you will never be disappointed in living by faith. By just searching the book and saying, I had somebody tell me, I just don't don't see that in there. That's fine. You don't have to. You search for yourself. I'm telling you, when I studied it, that's what I saw. I can't do anything different because I believe that's what God wants. I wish I could do that in all my life. Lord willing, I'll keep growing. Lord willing, you'll keep growing. But how about we take, take a step back, believers? Re-examine our hearts a little bit and remember why it is that we do what we do. Father,